0: Right now on Amplified, the Engineer's Journal podcast, we're about to meet the Managing Director of Coffee Group, Audrin Madden. What kind of a person
1: is an engineer? I would say typically they're a well-rounded individual who is attracted to technical issues and likes to solve problems.
0: Hello there, my name is Dusty Rhodes and you're welcome to the Engineers Ireland podcast where we're chatting with our community of creative professionals across the country about how engineers are delivering sustainable solutions for society both now and in the future. Today we're finding out more about Coffee, the family owned firm who over five decades have operated in every major construction sector throughout the UK and Ireland. Much of their success is down to the quality, efficiency and a belief in their directly employed workforce. At the helm is a man who has been through the twists and turns of successes of the firm, working in water, wastewater, road, rail, energy and specialist engineering projects. He has seen it all. It's a pleasure to welcome Managing Director Audran Madden. How are you doing,
1: Audran? Hi, Dusty. How are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: So, water, wastewater, road, rail, energy, specialist energy—that is a long list of stuff you have done. Have you have you got a favourite project in there?
1: Yeah, look, it's it's quite quite a diverse range of projects, and I think we, we, at Coffee, I suppose, I've been very lucky that I've been able to touch across a lot of these projects. I started doing a lot of road projects when I started first as a graduate engineer uh, and progressed on to, to to water and I've done some very interesting projects as well uh, across many sectors. We built a, a large motorway the and Limerick motorway so that we, in, a, in a joint venture that was that was very interesting, very very challenging as well. We did some very large reservoir projects, uh, water towers. And we also did domestic water metering project for Irish Water, which proved to be quite politically charged and, and and challenging for us as a as a contractor to try and deliver on the ground. So, yeah, we've we've had some we've had some very interesting projects over the years.
0: It must be an absolute nightmare working with water, is it?
1: No, I, I quite enjoy it. I think it's it's very technically challenging, but very rewarding as well. When you know that you can you can take some water, wastewater, treat it to a, a safe and clean standard, and 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 give that water out to customers to, to drink. It's, it's very rewarding in that in that sense.
0: What are the biggest difficulties of working with water?
1: Well, working with water, when you take a raw water source, you you don't really know what's what's in it to start. So, so you are designing for a standard of water to start and to treat that, and and that body of water can change and develop over a period of time. So, you have to be quite dynamic in your approach and how you can how you can treat that water on an ongoing basis. And it can be very seasonal as well. Different times of the year will bring different challenges when it comes to water water treatment. So, yeah, it, it's it's um, quite challenging in terms of how you deal with that. Have you ever had a
0: situation where you're going, okay, based on my experience, the water should do this and then the
1: water goes off and does something else? It can. There's a big program at the moment in terms of water leakage and we've been doing quite a lot of work with, with Irish water on that and and you can repair repair a section of pipe and think that's great and then water will just find the next path to put some pressure on and, and cause problems somewhere else down the network. You can also treat water in a treatment plant and the water can be, perfect leaving the treatment plant but when it gets down the network it can cause additional challenges depending on the length of the network and the length of time it's been in, been in the pipe. So. Can you give me an example of one of those challenges? Yeah, actually, we, we had been working on on a project in uh, in in Lough Talt for Irish Water, which was on a boil water notice for a long time, and and we put in a, an innovative process to treat the water there. But you know, there were challenges down the network after the treatment because of the length of the network pipe that's that's there around feeding feeding twelve thousand people around around County, County Sligo. So we had to uh, revise some of the some of the treatment procedures there to to try and enhance the water quality further down the network.
0: Tell me about the motorway project that you mentioned in Limerick. That's a
1: huge job. Is is that one of the biggest you've tackled? It is as a single standalone contract. Yes, it is. Uh, we were in a we were in a joint venture there with two other partners. Uh, even even the relationships within the joint venture was, were challenging, as you can imagine. One of those was a European contractor as well. So we also had language barriers and culture barriers as well as everything else. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a challenging project in terms of the terrain we were crossing. There was a lot of deep bogs, definitely a tough project to be on but it was it's really really rewarding when you you know get through a project like that and you open that road up and you can see the, the commuters and the, the people traveling along that road and, and it being a safer um, environment for them to travel on. How do you build a motorway across a bog? In that regard we piled it actually we put in lots of um, up to 3,000 concrete piles. we drove them down through the, through the bog until they hit solid ground. We also did some uh, quite another innovative technique on some of the smaller access roads, the local access roads for, for farmers and, and landowners, um, where we used tire bales. So basically tires and we wrapped them in, in, in bales and we put some geotextile around them and, and built stone over the top. And so essentially it's a floating road. What was the reaction when you came up with that idea first? Let's get some tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 actually I mean, it has been used before and, and it goes back to even even way back you'd see the, the, the old land commission in the forestry, you know, using old tree logs to line across the bogs. So you just, you know, put stone over them and, and so the concept of a floating road has been around for forever. In Ireland when we're very used to bogs and having to travel across them. So that so that concept had been around for, for a while. Because they're floating, they typically move a little. So, you know, it's challenging for um, for a motorway standard road, but for a local access road, it's, it's, uh, it's a great solution. Would you say the bog was the biggest challenge on that motorway? Um, yeah, it definitely was on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Why did
0: you get involved in this business of engineering in the first place? I guess I was
1: always into construction. I always liked the concept of construction. I didn't, I didn't come from a family background of engineers. My father was actually a hotelier so in, into hotels uh, my mother came from north Mayo and a lot of her her brothers uh, and she, she had a lot of brothers they all headed off into into construction industries across a lot of them over to the UK so they were kind of in that and and I guess maybe that's where where I came from but I always I always liked the idea of construction, seeing things being built, how they were built and uh, I guess I wanted to just get into that it was kind of always where I was headed. I never had any doubt. I never had any problem filling out my CAO form or anything like that. So yeah, it was quite, quite easy for me.
0: Did you ever have something as a kid where you kind of looked at it and went, I wish I did that? Things like the
1: Lego and the Meccano and all these kind of things I was, I was absolutely into, you know, um, again, during school, maths was always a forte, you know, so I was just that way inclined, I think, you know.
0: So you're in the engineering business. All right. And you're doing very, very well at it. And now you find yourself in management. How do you go from you know kind of the fun side of the business, if you want to put it that way into management what happened
1: yeah it's it 's a kind of a gradual process to be honest, Dusty because at coffee i was I was very lucky when you come in at a very young age, you do get to manage aspects of work quite early on in your career, even as a, even as a graduate engineer. So you do get to kind of manage, you know, gangs of resources, managing materials, managing aspects of a site. So you progress onto managing a small construction site, onto a larger construction site, and onto a few construction sites at the same time, and and it just it just continues in that way. So it's quite organic, you know. You have that responsibility early on within engineering that you can you can do that certainly from a, a construction point of view, which is which is where I grew up. If you like, uh, was was on sites. I mean, I, I came out out of college, uh, I was in. um NUIG as a civil engineering student I, I did a placement with coffee on a road and then I came back as a graduate onto another project and I've, I've stayed with coffee obviously ever since throughout my career so I know the business very well obviously but I know that the, the path of progression right from straight through from from being a a student engineer right up to, to being a managing director. So being an engineer and involved in project, you do have
0: to manage people. That's that's just part of the the gig and it's kind of led you to where you are today. What
1: about CPD, developing your skills along the way? Yeah, that's an absolutely massive aspect of it, I think, uh, and hugely important in any industry, but particularly engineering and construction. It has evolved so much over the years. And how we do things now is is actually very different than how we did it in the past. The technology has advanced so much. IT, I mean when I started out, you know, we didn't have computers, we didn't you know, new no mobile phones were even were even brand new. So we used to we used to handwrite everything that time and 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 or we draw sketches out for the people on the ground and that kind of stuff. So so it has evolved hugely to a point now where we're we're using BIM models and we're going out showing our our people with you know iPads on the on the ground and showing showing our our offers our what they have to build on screens now. So it's it's completely changed, you know, particularly when it comes to water water treatment, which is a lot of our business uh, that has evolved. The technologies have uh, evolved hugely there in that regard and you know, you think a business like ours, typical construction business, I mean, we, we have a lot of process engineers, mechanical, electrical, um, with environmental scientists, you know, all involved in, in, in the process. Um, it becomes quite diverse quite quickly and, and CPD is, is central to that because you have to understand everything you do as a business, I think, uh, and, and people have to get better and better and uh, at understanding what they're doing and education is really important and again at coffee we, we promote a lot of that even in terms of master's programs or, or further diplomas or you know as well as things you know general cpd webinars and and the like with the likes of engineers ireland and others let's
0: talk about sustainability in engineering how how important do you think with the changing
1: world and environment that we're going through how important is sustainability these days it's huge because in construction we produce a lot of concrete and stone and and we're digging these things out of the ground so so we're having a huge impact on the environment doing the projects we're doing so so to try and positively impact on that through more sustainable methods is is very significant and and it's really important that we do that and again for us the whole water cycle is really important uh, and how we can reuse and recycle that water and we do that so we can take a wastewater stream and 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 Ultimately, put it back into a into a drinking water uh, standard. So that kind of reuse and recycle, and trying to do that more and more, also without chemical addition, is quite significant. Uh, and general other civil engineering products. I mean, the likes of concrete has evolved. You know that we're we're using more sustainable concrete and things like that on road projects. It's all it's all much more sustainable now than than it used to be. Uh, making sure that we're catching any of the pollutants that maybe run off from roads, uh, and we're not allowing those to go back into the environment and into the into the land. That kind of a thing is is growing, and, and I think we're we're improving as a as an industry at that quite a lot over the last you know over the last twenty years certainly.
0: And where is this being driven by? Is it being driven by customer demand, or is it being driven by you know the thoughts and 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 solutions that engineers are coming up with?
1: Um, yeah, I think it's it's probably a mix. Businesses are always trying to do more and more sustainable things particularly in, in more recent years and i suppose for businesses point of view that's that's probably a selling point you know so so people are trying to corner a bit of the market for themselves and come up with some some good solutions which which customers will, will want and I, I think it's also coming from regulation as well there's a lot of that from from europe requiring certain standards that industry must comply with tell me about uh cough tech. Yeah, so Kaftek is a very interesting business for us. It's something we launched during COVID, actually. We had thoughts and ideas pre-COVID, but it's it's something we've just launched during COVID. And, and what, what it is, is it's where we design, manufacture and sell wastewater treatment-related technologies. So we're doing so particularly in, in the modular treatment space. So we're, where we're basically designing and building here in our, our offices in Athenry and Galway, we can ship them off to, to wherever customers uh, need them, and we have some various customers in, in in Ireland and the UK for those. And we also, through Irish Water, were, we're one of our, our clients, and they have donated to, with the department two water treatment plants out to Ukraine to to help with the the treatment of water out there. It's a quite interesting market. It's quite technical trying to design a water treatment plant in a in a in a forty foot container is essentially what it is. So it's it's. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely a, an interest out there in the market. It's something that we can we can build on, and we're offering quite a lot of, a lot of number of solutions. And water quality monitoring equipment again is is another aspect of of, of the COFTEC business where we can essentially install systems that allow industry and you know local authorities and Irish Water to understand the quality of the water they have, and then be able to to design more defined treatment plants to treat quality of the water to get them to the right level they're at. That's something that's becoming quite common now, particularly in, in industry. You say that you are building water treatment into essentially
0: a 40-foot container. Is this designed to be like a, a permanent installation
1: or a temporary one? So, so they can be. Um, essentially, the plants that we've, we've sent out to Ukraine are, are designed as, a, as an emergency water treatment. We modified the specifications slightly to suit the Ukraine, but they can be either. So in industry, we've put them in as as, as permanent, you know, uh, situations where they'll just like to, it's a simple, quick add-on to the, the back end of a, of, a, of a production facility. We've sent three units to, to the defense forces as well. So their idea is that they'll mobilize those out to Lebanon or wherever they're, they're mobilizing their, their resources to. So, so they can be used in both. It sounds
0: absolutely fascinating that you've seen this problem in the world and you kind of went, okay, we need to design a water treatment plant. And somebody came up with the idea of like, well, let's fit it into this space. Walk me through that project. I mean, when somebody has the first idea, what's the first thing that you do then to to start developing it?
1: So once we have a, an idea or, or, a, or a requirement to do something, we just get our project teams together and, and, and. Um, we get a bit of brainstorming going and start teasing out ideas. And it's important again when we're doing these things that we have people from the dis- different aspects of our business, from the construction side, the design side, the operation and maintenance side, because we, we also operate, you know, almost 50 treatment plants around the country. So, so we, we, we have that experience as well. So it's pulling all the right people into a room together. And, and having a brainstorming session, essentially, to try and come up with a design which will work to suit the, suit the requirements of, of customers. The first design is, is, is never the final design when it comes to these things. When you're, when you're manufacturing something, it, it will evolve. You will have continuous improvement, which is, again, continuous improvement is something we're all about here at Coffee as well. So it's important to, that we, we keep improving everything that we're doing when it comes to these designs.
0: So do you do a lot of computer modeling?
1: Yeah, uh, BIM is a huge aspect of of our business now, as uh, as it will be for most of the most of the businesses in in engineering now. So yeah, we have full BIM capability, and we will, you know, when it comes to the likes of the modular treatment plants, they'll be all designed on BIM. Particularly when you're talking about clash detection and and things like that, so you can know that everything will fit where it should fit. You can get access to everything then in terms of maintenance and operations as well. And then when you're constructing and putting together your first
0: physical model, surely you're coming up with parts and pieces and ideas that are just aren't available in the market that you can just buy off a shelf. How do you construct and put the whole thing together? Yeah,
1: so typically when it comes to water treatment, you'll have your overall process. So you'll have a process design, which is the pressure filtration followed by UV disinfection. So so they'll be the key components. And then you're you're just figuring out, well, how you move the water through the system, how you control and automate Uh, and and, and manage that so once you have the key components everything else is available i mean all the the things we use are available on the market we don't typically design things that that's not available on the market yet you know so um these are all typically tried and trusted technologies we're using and it's just the configuration and 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 how you get the efficient use of space within that small space that you have in a a fortified container
0: and what drove that initial idea of trying to get it into a forty foot container? Was it something that was happening in the world or was it just a random idea?
1: Yeah, no, it's look it is something that's out there. So we're trying to do more and more of that. Plus the added benefit here is we can build it in a factory environment as opposed to on a site. So when you're building it in a in a factory environment, your quality is better, your health and safety standards are better, you've got a better opportunity to refine and enhance your design. And it means less travelling around for you know construction workers typically travel around, so it means less time travelling the countryside for for a lot of our our people, which is obviously much 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 better for for them. And a lot of the thing we want to try and do is make sure that we can we can get our people home every day. You know, It's always, a, doesn't always work, of course, in construction, but that's something we like to we like to try and do anyway. So it, it, there's just a huge amount of added benefits. Plus, you know, if you're working in a in a site or in a, in, in an industrial situation you're in and out quickly you know it's a plug and play type approach you're in and out quickly the impact and you know that you have and the disruption that you have on on businesses is, is small or on on customers is small so so that's that's important as well i think that that adds value getting away from uh, the coffee business We'll come back.
0: (laughs) I'm just kind of thinking about uh, out out in the world, things other people have done or big construction or engineering projects that have impressed you in the
1: last two, three years. I think in the last two or three years, I think some of the things that have been been really impressive we saw in, in, in China at the outset of COVID, how they managed to build hospitals in, in, in a matter of weeks, which is, which is incredible. When you, when you think, you know, how long it might take us to do that here, um, you'd wonder how long had they been planning it in, in advance, but it's very, very impressive to build hospitals fully kitted out for patients very very quickly in a quick short space of time so that's that's something that is that is certainly uh, registered with me and I think it it feeds back into that whole modular construction as well that off-site fabrication and, and construction because that is the way we will build quicker as a society uh, it'll speed up the construction time but certainly on-site time will, will speed no end you know I think that's 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 going to be some of the future for us. I can understand
0: where where you are on site and you're building it and you're actually putting it together and the building is taking shape. But if you are literally putting it together fifty miles away and then you have to transport it, that's that's why I'm trying to figure out what are the advantages.
1: Yeah, so look, typically every component you're going to build on a construction site has to be transported there anyway. So depending on on where your production facility is, you know, there's there's, there's probably no net gain or loss in in, in transport. So the benefits come to the quality of the product in that it's built in a much more controlled environment rather than out on a construction site, possibly out in, in inclement weather or poor lighting or, or all the other the issues that might, might cause quality issues. Uh, health and safety will be a massive benefit as well in that you're having people working in a better controlled environment so that they're not walking across rough sites or, or sites where, you know, up and down, scaffolding to the same extent or excavations or just working in a more suitable location to, to, to carry out somebody's, somebody's works. And then I think you also have the benefit of the, the install time frame, So the amount of time you're on site will reduce drastically as well. And that's a great benefit to the people who are there that you don't have to have people driving the countryside to, to go to the construction sites. And similarly to the customers, you know, that you're not disrupting or impacting on people in the way that you might if you're building everything everything on a site the efficiency the safety the quality all those things then obviously can lead to to commercial uh, benefits as well do you think that there is an acceptance of this in ireland or a resistance i think we're getting there i i, I you know i've certainly come across resistance in ireland and, and and indeed in the uk as well when it comes to things like precast concrete over in situ concrete some people do have a resistance to that. It's 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 certainly changing and it's becoming more more and more the norm, but there are still certain clients, certain people who still are like the old way. And I think there's an awful lot of that in construction that well, let's just stay with the trite and trust it because because it works and we don't really like change. So there's certainly an element to that, and I think as as a society we need to we need to move another little bit with that and and allow the new innovative ways to to advance. How do you get this across to people? How do you convince them? I suppose the first thing people always look for are references, you know. So the first time is always the challenge. So so you have to build pilot projects. You have to do pilots and, and basically try to convince them to say, well, this is one we've prepared and, and this is how it works. And, uh, and yeah, there'll be an element of some people taking a chance on the first one. But the more we go with this, the more people will believe in, in, in the whole, the offsite or the modular or the, you know, doing things a little bit differently. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's growing as a, as a concept within the industry.
0: Have you had a situation where you are there as an engineer and you've come up with a brilliant solution to a problem, but you're trying to explain to the client that this is new and they are going to be the pilot? <laughs> and they're kind of going, well, give me a reference. And you go, well, I can't because you're the pilot. How does it, Have you had an experience like that?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, we have quite a few. There's this, this, On a lot of projects, we'll, we'll, we'll have that. We'll try and introduce, and it might be just some, some new product, but yet... Clients will say, "Well, this is what I specified, so this is kind of what I want uh, and and it's understandable as well you know they they might 't want to take the risk, they just want their project to work so so you can see why there is a bit of reticence in in in, in accepting all of these new technologies, and you know arguably they don't all work either so um it's it's it, it is understandable, so I think clients probably need to just be a little bit more open to reviewing it in a little bit more detail. you know sometimes it's a very quick no." Whereas, you know, it possibly should be a little bit, okay, let's, let's, let's have a proper look at this and, and, and see, will it work, you know?
0: And there's a lot of it down to personal relationships and the length of the relationship and, and building up
1: trust. There's always an element of that for sure. You know, and if you have a, a, a trusting relationship with somebody, which is huge in, in any business, but uh, for us having, having that relationship and a, and a proper collaborative type relationship is really, really important. You know, because if you're meeting meeting strangers, they're less likely to accept something that's that's going to be uh, a little bit different. So you do need to have strong relationships with people, and 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 that's why I think you know having that repeat business is is important to help you get stuff over the line.
0: Coffee is a very innovative uh, company, and you're involved in a lot of very exciting things at the moment. Where do you see civil engineering
1: going in the future? I think civil engineering will be will be huge. I mean, it, it and, and it has to be. I mean, it's across all of the sectors we we need to to continue to invest in you know we talk about about housing and transport and energy and uh, civil engineering is, is in the backbone of a lot of all of those things you know all the infrastructure that's needed so so as we have a, a growing and changing population and society uh, civil engineering projects will be absolutely required we will need to continue to develop our infrastructure to keep up with that population growth and, and societal demands and what kind of projects then are coffee working on at the moment in order to do that? We do a lot in the water water space so so water waste water treatment water infrastructure there's reservoirs pipelines um and and we're doing some obviously transport projects and the like, and and some of those projects are typically, you know, client driven and that they decide what they want and, and we can build them. Where we are looking at things ourselves is, is from an energy point of view, where things like how we'll use hydrogen and, um, uh, you know, society and, and how we can, we can help uh, in terms of some of the aspects of that. So there's certainly something, something there and around the, the whole climate side and, and the renewable energy. I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at the sites we operate and seeing how we, how we can make doors more energy efficient and, and how we can use renewable energy to help with those operation sites because ener- energy is the biggest element of a, of a site when you're operating a, a treatment plant. So that's significant. And where do you see hydrogen being used? I actually think hydrogen is a, is a huge opportunity for, for Ireland. We have a, a huge opportunity to produce uh, a, and potentially export. We're not a big industrial country. Um, so, from a demand point of view, we don't have a, a huge demand there. We do, obviously, in transport. So, so buses and trucks and, and the like is the obvious one. But it's a fuel which can be can be stored. Um, so we talk about you know what happens when the when the wind turbines when the wind isn't blowing. So I think hydrogen can can help there. But also, I think it's it's an export opportunity. Um, you know, into to places like Germany and that where they don't have the, the wind power that we have from the Atlantic Ocean. There's an opportunity there and we talk about the green hydrogen, which is obviously, you know, offshore wind to produce hydrogen. And, and I think that's, that's where I think we can have a huge benefit there.
0: And then as a company then, what's the biggest challenge that you are facing at the
1: moment? The biggest challenge at the moment, to be honest, is resource. Uh, so trying to get the people to do all the work that, that our, our, our customers want. So as an industry, you know, construction uh, and, and the recession it's very fresh in everybody's mind still and so if a lot of parents perhaps out there maybe saying don't go into construction you you know you mightn't have a job in a few years but I think it's it it, it it can be a really really sustainable industry and I think we do struggle to try and get engineers and trades you know apprentices we we t- try to take on a lot of apprentices do a lot of work going out to schools um you know participate in engineers a week with engineers Ireland and things like that trying to trying to sell the engineering brand if you like and trying to encourage young people into construction and engineering and it's it's tough because we're competing with you know a lot of the foreign direct investment companies in, in in Ireland and the big pharmaceuticals and the tech companies they probably seem much more attractive to young school kids now so it's it's important that we can try and sell construction and engineering as a as a sustainable industry as well where people can have a good career out of and I absolutely believe they can so yeah that's our that's probably our biggest challenge right now we could you know we could do more if we had more and once you have people uh, involved in, in in the company, do you find it easy to retain staff? No, we don't. I think it's again due to the location and stuff, you know we've got construction sites all over the place. People don't generally want to travel as much anymore. Um, I know when when I came out of college, I was I was uh, you know delighted to move on to a different town every every so often. Um, it was part of the experience, and I don't think it kind of happens as much anymore so yeah so so from that point of view it can be challenging at coffee we've been trying to do a lot to retain our people and and, and put people first in everything we're, we're, we're trying to do but it's 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 attracting them in the first instance is is a challenge and, and retaining is also a challenge when you say uh, keeping people because i thought it was interesting
0: that one of the things that uh, coffee seems to be proud of is a, a directly employed workforce what is the advantage for the, the workforce being directly employed as, as opposed to being
1: a contractor for us uh, to deliver projects, being having that directly employed workforce means that we can control the production of the work, control the safety, control the quality, an awful lot better with our own people. We can. We've we've got a lot of people who are with us twenty years plus, you know, in the business, and uh, and you know, does it does does it obviously a strong loyalty there from the company to the people and the people to the company, which is fantastic. And we like to try and, and, and use that to bring more kind of younger people through and get the training and experience from those, those more senior people in the business. And so, so we like to have that self-deliver resource capability. And, and it gives us as a business, then a greater understanding of, of what's actually involved in the work. Sometimes with, with, with subcontractors, you know, we can leave them to, to do their work and, and not fully understand it. So, so we like to, you know, work with our people to try and help improve everything we're doing.
0: And when you're trying to get people involved in the uh, engineering business, what's what's your pitch when you're out talking to the parents of kids who are kind of wondering, what am I going to do with my life?
1: Yeah, there's probably a couple of different aspects of it. I suppose the, the you know, if you're looking at the people going, trying to convince people to go into the trades, I mean, the trades are, we used to call the wet trades, like the block laying and the plastering. And, and I think they're they're tough to try and convince people going into the likes of those ones. But, Carpentry was always a good one, but mechanical and electrical now are, are really, really good trades to go into. People can build really, really good careers, and not just necessarily in construction, but when you go into any manufacturing environment, there's mechanical and electrical trades in there as well. So there's there's a huge opportunity, I think, for anybody going into those kind of trades, and and, and they can become quite specialist. You know, We're involved in a, in a, in a couple ourselves uh, in developing some of the training courses, even on you know, pipe and things like that, but they can get quite technical when you go down into the detail of what you need to do. You're teaching people some, some really, really good skills that, that can be transferred to different industries and, and can help people travel around the world as well if they, if they so choose, you know, so it gives them that option. Um, their skills that there will always be, be work for so from, from a from a trades point of view, I think it's it's a it's a fantastic you know set of skills to learn and, and an ability for people to to go down that road. Uh, from an engineering point of view, then people who are engineers are they're problem solvers, and I've seen lots of engineers and, and people who were in my own class in college have, have come out of engineering and they're you know high up in other businesses and other sectors because they've got that problem solving ability and being able to manage people and being, you know because you get that experience of managing people from from a young age. So yeah, so there's a huge market there, and engineering is very diverse. Uh, in terms of what you can what you can get into there's lots of opportunities
0: let me wrap up by asking you about uh engineers Ireland. What would you say is one of the most useful things that you have gotten personally from being a member of engineers ireland
1: i think the the c p d has been great I think also the you know the kind of networking opportunities you have within within engineers ireland is is, is very good as well. You know, and, and they they have the professional titles, I think, and that's really important. That gives you the, the recognition internationally. Um, you know, being a chartered engineer is is a fantastic title and that is something that is recognized internationally. So again, you know, for people who, who do decide to travel and, and, and often people do, having that chartered engineer status is, is uh and title is is really, really important. So I think they're the big things that, that Engineers Ireland do do really, really well. Can you give me a specific example of something that Engineers Ireland
0: did for you that pushed your career forward?
1: I, well, I think it's that. I mean, I did get a lot of encouragement to go and, and, and do that chartership. And I think that's quite positive. And I think it, I know it helped me, you know, here in my own career, even within coffee. At that time, I think, you know, people used to, clients used to look for chartered engineers to, you know, to, to lead their projects. And, and so being able to have that on my CV was important for coffee to, to put forward and put names forward. So so that has, that has helped, yeah. Odwin Madden,
0: it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for taking the time out to chat with us today. Thanks very much, Dusty. If you'd like to find out more about what we spoke about on the podcast today, you'll find notes and link details in the show notes or description area of our podcast on your player right now. And of course, you'll find more information and advanced episodes on our website at engineersireland.ie. Our podcast today was produced by dustpod.io for Engineers Ireland. And if you'd like more, do click the follow button on your podcast player so you get access to all of our past and indeed all our future podcasts automatically. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.